With food and mass production issues high on the agenda in America and indeed the rest of the world, we are proud today to welcome Claire Ermingard, who is the CEO and co-founder of Mindful Meats. Mindful Meats brings pasture-raised, organic and non-GMO verified meat to Americans. They are the first and only non-GMO verified beef in the United States and have achieved this by working directly with a select group of sustainably minded farmers in Marin and Sonoma counties. Prior to founding Mindful Meats, Claire worked in the internet services industry, first running customer development and then sales. Being a concerned person with an eye on the future, Claire made the shift to the meat industry on learning some of the alarming facts to do with mass meat production and GMOs. This led her to harness her driving desire to find a trustworthy and healthy source of protein for our families. Well, as well as being a CEO and founder, she is a volunteer with GMO Free Marin, Slow Money Northern California, and is a mentor to the youth. Well, that's quite a meaty list of achievements. Welcome, Claire. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Uh, it's our pleasure. Now, I wanted to start out um, kind of uh, at the beginning um, of uh, this, this story and uh, and really talk about you know where you were before and then and then the issue that, that made you make the leap you you were you started out in sales and, and development in uh, the uh, the internet business but so what made you uh, take the leap to start your own business and, and found mindful meats well i think i've always had the drive um i only ended up in the internet services business because i was living in san francisco and and ended up working in technology because that's where uh, most of the jobs were. I really wanted to get business experience. But ever since I was in college, I became fascinated with the concept of social entrepreneurship. So my goal was always to get business experience, learn how to start a company, and then move into something that I really cared about. And um, and, and having a kind of a, an awareness of of, uh, of, of, of you know, food production and uh, and all the issues that are going uh, on around that. You you clearly felt that the the meat industry was one which was ripe for you to apply your your skills, and um, and it was interesting to see that uh, that you actually kind of went right to the very heart of it all, and you and you actually learned the skill of art and butchering whole animals. What was what did you feel was a was the important aspect of going right back to the beginning and learning a new skill like that in relationship to getting your business off the ground? Well, I actually started butchering before I knew I would start a meat company. Um, I just became fascinated with resource use, and uh, as a result of that, uh, global food production. And um, I began focusing on United States food production because you kind of have to focus somewhere. <laughs> start looking at the globe. <laughs> um, mm. So. When I was doing all this research and um, spending a lot of time behind a computer and um, talking to some folks, but most of the time looking at big plots of data, um, the the intellectual side of me was, was very satisfied, but there is the other, more human side of me that um, was kind of starved and, and really curious. And so I had some friends that were running a restaurant in Berkeley, Gather Restaurant, and they've been called, you know, a Michael Pollan book comes to life by the New York Times. They're amazing people. And so they asked if I wanted to spend some time, you know, in their restaurant. And so I said, yes, what a great idea. And um, and so they said, do you want to focus on butchering? You know, I think that one of the guys just had this, this like, almost psychic ability, <laughs> knowing that I was really interested in meat. And so I said, yes, absolutely, that sounds fantastic. So at the same time, I was also um, – getting really curious about whether or not I could eat meat from a type of animal that I'd ever harvested. So I was giving volunteer labor to start up um, 
chicken and poultry farms and participating in the harvest process and then learning how to um, break down animals, whole animals. So I did a lot of hogs and, and things like that. And it was amazing. I mean, I've always been really, um, ever since I started focusing my research around agriculture and livestock, I mean, I've always been very fascinated and, and interested in the process of growing it and, and what all the implications are. But actually working with a product hands-on really made me fall in love with it. I mean, there's nothing like working with a, a beautiful animal. So let's talk about um, the, 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 the challenge of thinking that you're bringing to the, uh, to, to the, to the meat sector. We know that social responsibility and sustainable innovation are, are high on everyone's agenda right now, and uh, that you're engaged in this debate by challenging the way that the future generation will understand and eat meat rather than what's gone before. So what is the core message that, that Mindful Meats is speaking to the future? Well, our core, our core message is really to just pay attention you know, to your food. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're curious, if you care, like get to know more, know your source. I mean, there's that's kind of, I guess, more than one message, but they're all really correlated. And what we're trying to do is make that easy for consumers. You know, meat, um, meat that's made outside of the conventional system has been labeled a number of things, expensive, exclusive, elitist, you know, hard to find. How is a mom supposed to take the time to go to a niche, you know, small butcher shop even if she can afford it? So... Uh, what we're really trying to do is say, okay, consumers, you've proved to us that you're starting to care more. Well, let us help you out. So we're working on bringing a product that aligns with um, a, a meat product that's made outside of a conventional system to uh, places where people already go to shop, grocery stores, restaurants, et cetera. Okay. And, um, and, and within the meat industry, did you? What were the kind of the the, um, the conventions that you found you know, most troubling, and that you really kind of wanted to uh, address by launching your own range? <laughs> uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, um, you know, there's so many things to be concerned about in mass meat production, and um, it's just the system has grown very quickly over the last fifty or so years, and. With no malintent, the goal is always to bring affordable meat to the masses, and they've certainly achieved that, but the processes they've used to put that in place have, um, have proven to not be ideal for our world from a number of, of reasons. And, you know, Mindful Meats is certified organic, and we will always be certified organic, and we firmly believe in that because what that states is you know, the animals have never been fed antibiotics, which is a huge concern for us. Um, the animals have never been fed hormones, also a big concern. They are required to be out on pasture for a certain percentage of their life, all of these things. But um, the reason why we really honed in on um, one particular issue, which is the GMO connection between animals and livestock, is because we firmly believe that this connects back to a lot of the larger issues that we're seeing in agriculture in general. Um, most people don't realize that uh, most of our cropland is dedicated to uh, livestock production, and most of that crop, most of that land is also used to produce crops that are fed to the animals. And um, and most of those crops, at this point, at least in the United States, are genetically engineered. And um, we are more interested in helping to support a system that is produced organically, that is produced biodynamically versus um, 
versus supporting a huge commodity crop um, type monoculture system where you have masses of land dedicated to one or two or three crops across the country. We see that as a huge risk to food security and sanctity. Um, and as a result, uh, we ended up starting a meat company versus a grain company because uh, livestock is the largest buyer of those crops. And so we figured if we could bring a, uh, if we could capitalize on the growing demand in the niche meat sector and bring a meat product to market that operates outside of that GMO system and helps bring awareness to that system, then we will be working towards uh, something that adheres to our values and, and ultimate beliefs. Okay, that's that, that's uh, that's an that's incredible list of 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 things, and, and you're putting it all together in in terms of. Uh, getting your brand off the ground, and and so let's just talk about you know getting the company off the ground. What's been the biggest hurdle for you? Oh, it's been such an amazing process. Um, I mean, such an amazing process. And when I think about hurdles, there's so many different types. I tend to compartmentalize things, so I think in terms of you know emotions and whatever. So I'd have to say that emotionally speaking, you know, asking my first supplier to work with us was, was definitely the biggest hurdle. You know, I spent months and months and months thinking about it. Um, I spent um, lots of effort triangulating to make him know that I am not some just random person, that I believe in all these things. And, <laughs> and I probably gave myself an ulcer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it was definitely the biggest emotional hurdle. It was very, very satisfying. And it went well, of course. But uh, tactically speaking, the biggest hurdle was certainly our labeling issue um, that we had with uh, the amazing label that you guys designed for us. Um, submitting that to the USDA, it was originally denied because of our non-GMO claims. So we had to spend, you know, about six to seven months working with the USDA in order to create um, a rule that could handle a, a non-GMO claim and get that label approved so that we can bring that product to market. Mm. Indeed, that's. Uh, I mean, it's it's not a product that can be rushed, and then when when it's ready. You've got to have the kind of uh, the rules and regulations are going to be in your favor. So you you were named as one of the uh, Forbes top thirty under thirty this year, which is a great achievement and congratulations. And this is for your work in bringing pasture raised, certified organic and non GMO verified meat to the San Francisco Bay Area. Well, as I said, that's an incredible accomplishment for someone so new to the business. Um, I suppose that the obvious question is, uh, what's next for you and Mindful Meats? Um, well, there's so many things that we want to do. Uh, first, I mean, we have to focus on growing our supply and getting more uh, meat like this out there to the market. I mean, we're having so, so many inquiries, and we're working really hard to be able to fill everyone's interest. So that's definitely, for the company, the number one thing that we're focused on. If we're able to do that, then we are really tackling our mission. But there's so many other things that we're so interested in doing. Um, you know, we're going to be doing a life cycle analysis of our product. We're going to be um, working with universities to help bring uh, research resources to our company so that we can work more closely with our suppliers to figure out what are things, what are pain points on farms that they're feeling from, you know, trying to understand what's a better sensing system to help them implement more, you know, better rotational grazing practices. I mean, I could really go on for a long time in terms of, um, all the different things that we're really interested in. We're also very interested in continuing um, 
to work on other policy initiatives. You know, our labeling um, success that we had was huge. I mean, we we helped create a rule with the USDA um, so that meat products can be labeled as non-GMO if they are in compliance with the non-GMO project standards. So. And that to us is a, is a huge win. We're very interested in, in staying to be um, uh, or continuing our focus on policy work and additional rule work within um, those organizations. So we have so many things that we want to do. I think that if you were to ask anyone on my team, um, there, what's next for us is just keeping me focused. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that, well, that's a nice problem to have. Oh, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the role of uh, creativity um, and creative thinking now um, in a market which is quite homogenous and and um, and unbranded. And uh, what we know is that Mindful Meats has got a very um, you know unique point of difference, both uh, both visually and um, and and um, and what it stands for. And um, I just really wanted to kind of just get your your view on, on not just design but creativity. In general, do you feel that it is more or less intrinsic to the success of challenger brands and social entrepreneurship today? I think it's so important. It's so important. I mean, challenger brands uh, like ours are generally trying to tackle huge industries, huge industries that have um, major players that really dominate the space. And... And we also are very limited in the resources that we have. So you have to get creative. If you aren't thinking outside of the box, if you're not um, second-guessing everything that you think you know and hear, then you're probably missing opportunities, um, and you're probably missing ways of bringing um, to light information that you never knew existed. So for us... I mean, for me, when I was, even with the research process, I had to get creative. I was, you know, trying to, I, I was imagining all of these different worlds of mindful meats. Like, if I had a processing facility, what would I do? If I, um, if I had access to all of this meat, what would I do? If mindful meats really were to be, you know, the company I wanted to be, what would that look like? You have to really think to your ideal, and that's, that's what I do is really think to what is the ideal here and try to work as much as I can towards that. So you have to let your mind free of all of the constraints that you think that, you know, exist out there in order to really tap into that, um, that inner drive and desire and come up with something that, that's really effective. And, and, you know, as far as our product, we, yes, our meat is sold to restaurants where you can't see our brand, um, unless a, a restaurant so lovingly decides to put it on their menu. <laughs> um, cool. and, uh, or, you know, we're also sold through a butcher case where we can have uh, marketing materials around, but not necessarily on the pack. And we have a few products now that are starting to come out to, package, to, I mean, to market that is a consumer packaged good where we have that label on there. So for us, it's really important that wherever we can touch a consumer, we really try to, to create this experience for them. Um, it's really difficult to say to someone in a second all the things that I've been telling you about mindful meats, like why should you care? So um, we've had to work really hard on understanding um, how do we communicate with consumers in a couple of seconds. And the first way that we did that, of course, is the name of the company. And then the other ways that we've done that has been, um, you know, finding one, an amazing partner in you guys to help us. Um, understand how we can use artwork and other tools to evoke feelings and then curiosity uh, from consumers and have them really connect with our with our company. 
Great. And and I, I wanted to sort of move on now and just and just talk about um, really the um, the ether thinking and the emotions that you had when you were um, starting your business up. And you, it's interesting. You one of your questions earlier, you you responded with a, an emotional response, which is entirely human. And um, with the the whole the uh, idea behind challenges and icons podcast is to talk to people that are successful game chain changers or people that are making change in the, in the categories and the businesses that they are um, that they are in and this idea of not being held back by our fears I mean, fear as we know um, is a kind of like a, a human instinct as well and and it, and it, it stops progress but uh, you founded a company that shakes everything we know about the meat industry which is huge and um, and and you with with an idea of uh, helping Americans change the way they eat meat, which is also a massive idea. So you know, going back to the beginning when you were doing this, the confidence that you um, that you had within yourself to found Mindful Meats, where where were there fears that you, that you were addressing when you did this, or was it just a case of you know what the time is right, I'm just going to do it, and I and I feel liberated. Certainly both. I mean, I don't think that you can get away from um, from. I mean, you can't move towards liberation without addressing fear. Um, I had, I just come through like a really interesting time in my personal life. I'd come out of a lot of really hard things. And so I think that actually gave me a lot of confidence because I said, well, been through some hard things. <laughs> can't get much worse. <laughs> so um, I think that really helped to inspire me to tackle something that I wanted to do. And then, you know, I was also coming out of Silicon Valley, I'd been working at, at a large company with Salesforce, but then I also worked at a startup, and I'd been exposed to startups in my entire time living in San Francisco from a bunch of friends and then participating in one. And I saw, you know, all of these uh, folks out there taking on, you know, issues of virtual gaming and all these things that seemed really, um, you know, trivial to me at the end of the day. And so I said, well, if, if these guys can go out and start a company with something that's kind of so... Silly. I mean, I hate to say that, but I think it's silly. Um, you know, then I can start a meat company. I didn't necessarily have grand plans at the time, and it sort of snowballed into that. But, you know, ultimately, when I think about fear, I think that it's something that is one of our worst enemies. You know, if we give into fear, then we're letting fear win. And the ultimate thing that um, that came back to me was, the fear of not trying is actually greater than the fear of failing at the end of the day. Because if you failed, well, at least you tried. You can say to yourself, you can sit down at the end of the day and say, I really wanted to do this thing. And I tried, but I failed. And I learned all these things. And if you didn't try, then you're like, well, why didn't I try? So you always have that question. And then if you succeed, all the better. So I think that that's really, um, you know, the thing that always keeps me going is just try. You know, just just try, <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, I always I always say to people, you know, aim high. You never know, you may hit the target. You know, and uh, it's and, so uh, true. I don't think enough people do that um, well, today. I, I really don't, and I think it's sad. I think that we're losing a lot of collective creativity and a lot of collective brain power because people feel like they they just can't accomplish. Well, um, we're on the last question now, and I always like to ask my guests what the one piece of advice they would give to others if they were thinking about starting their own business. Do you have a personal mantra? Well, to some extent, I think you, you just explained that. <laughs> um, but uh, but maybe with a bit of kind of retrospect, you know, knowing what you know now, do you think there's something um, that you might kind of say to somebody that is about to start their own business up? 
Certainly. I mean, I generally say, one, you don't know what you don't know, and that's okay. Um, it's always going to be a lot harder than you ever expect, and that's okay, too. And you're probably going to be much poorer than, than you think you're going to be at certain points, but that's okay, too. Uh, and really just to keep following your heart. You know, if your heart is in it, your passion is there, um, you know, be honest with yourself and say, am I living in a, in a world of delusion or, or are there, you know, rational things out there that are pointing to positive yes factors? Then just keep going. You know, you will be successful. It's just much harder than you ever expect. And, and everything takes a long time. So if you come at it with that sort of, you know, rational understanding, then then you can do some pretty crazy things. Well, I think that's a that's a great way to conclude. And um, I wanted to say thank you very much, Claire and Jared, for joining us today. Um, I think that's been very inspirational. I think there's lots of really good things in there. And uh, we uh, look forward to seeing what Mindful Meets does in the future. I'm sure it's going to be even more successful than it is in the future, than it is now. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan, for that. And uh, we love working with you guys. And uh, thanks so much for having us on the podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. 